This is the John Oakley Show podcast. When it comes to this election campaign, uh, as the various parties' interests are represented throughout the course of the afternoon, we weigh in with the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, of course, a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park, as to the fortunes of the NDP uh, as she foresees them. Sherry, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, John. How are you holding up? Oh, how am I holding up? Uh, yeah, I'm tickety-boo. Don't you concern yourself with me. Johnny's in the driver's seat. Uh, but how about the NDP? Now, for all intents and purposes, what do you see tonight? Net gains or losses across the board? Sure. Well, first of all, I, I as did many, think uh, Jugmeet won that debate, and that really put wind in his sails and helped his polling numbers. And because of that, um, I would I certainly changed my estimation of what's going to happen here. Um, I think they will lose seats, sadly, but not nearly as many as most pundits were predicting. So how does that uh, square? Wait debate. a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the polling numbers are up. So what is that, a moral yeah. victory uh, or a Pyrrhic victory? But if the well, overall numbers of seats are down, uh, are you, would you be happy? Um, no, never happy that seats are down. But here's the thing. If it is a minority, particularly a liberal minority, which is what it looks like, which I predict, um, then um, then Jugmeet and the NDP will have a very large voice for less numbers in, in terms of seats. So that, I think, is good news for the electorate because, you know, what they're pushing for and what the Liberals seem to be uh, maybe coming on side about are things like pharmacare, um, which is a long time coming and, and due, um, and certainly more housing, uh, more action on the climate front. So all of these actions uh, are possible with a minority government, with a strong NDP. All right. And so as Andrew Scheer said on Friday, if it comes to pass that that is whatever you call it, the coalition or even piecemeal, uh, these promises to fulfill would cost something like $40 billion deficit uh, first year alone. Can we afford that? Well, we can afford it if we have a wealth tax, and that's what we do need. And that's the other thing that Jagmeet and the NDP have been promising. I mean, certainly the wealthy have paid far too little, less and less and less every year. I just heard a stat coming out of the state, something like two billionaires, multi-billionaires there make as much as, you know, uh, a quarter of the of the American population. I mean, that kind of uh, stat is ridiculous. So what we need now is more equality, and that means a progressive tax structure, which we haven't really had and which we finally do need. All right. I think the people you're citing are Jeff Bezos and uh, maybe Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. I mean, collectively, yeah, they're uh, net worth is probably, uh, you know, worth about 50% of the American populace. Uh, we, have, we have our own scary stats here, too. And the reality is that the, that taxes for the wealthy have gone down and down and down since about the, the 60s. But, Sherry, we've discussed mm-hmm. this in the past. How do you maintain yeah. competitiveness and uh, ensure that people want to stay here in this country and don't park their money offshore? I mean, the Panama Papers told us that they're already hiding their money and it hasn't been recovered as much as Justin Trudeau's Absolutely. hired 400 more auditors. They're just so going after the low-hanging want- fruit. We don't reward illegality. We go after those who break the laws. We well, they haven't been able to do who, it. Well, <laughs> I mean, think about the ethicality of this. You know, I'm going to put on my reverend cap here. I mean, on what world is it okay to make that much money and not pay any taxes when you expect people like you and I and the vast majority of Canadians to, to carry their fair share? I mean, that is simply unfair, and it is also mostly illegal. And we have to, first of all, you know, tap those loopholes, stop them. And we also have to carve that money back. And 
Um, and that's, uh, that's a reality, and that's what we're not only facing this. I mean, most of the Western world is facing this. And unless we get our acts together around it, um, you know, things are going to get a whole lot worse for you and I and the vast majority of people. Well, that's the question. What is the morality, then, of saddling future generations with uh, onerous debt and burdens? Well, I don't uh, think we're saddling future generations with onerous debt. Um, if we do a progressive tax structure, if we go after tax cheats, and that's what we should be doing and closing the loopholes for the uber wealthy so that they can get out of paying taxes at all. Um, and that's exactly what we should be doing. And, you know, again, um, this is just common sense. This is fairness. And uh, I think whoever gets in, in elected is going to have to address it. Otherwise, we won't have the money we need for our health care, for our public schools, even now. All right. And so when you're talking about a wealth tax and uh, going after the people who are uh, in these privileged positions, I'm assuming you're mentioning even the uh, former prime minister, Justin Trudeau, Bill Morneau, his finance minister, all these people could uh, stand to pay more money. Absolutely, especially um, Justin Trudeau and Bill Morneau. Um, Absolutely, they could. Um, So let's hope that they start by taxing themselves if they get back in power. Yeah, well, that's kind of curious. They didn't feel there was an impetus to do that in their four years. So uh, you're saying somebody like Jagmeet Singh would hold their feet to the fire. I hope so. And and nip at their heels a little bit, get them to, to ante up. Yep. Did you find this campaign inspiring? Um, I, I found the last couple of weeks, I found the debate when I think clearly Jagmeet won it. I found, you know, the, again, the impetus there, that was inspiring. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, for the first time in, in many elections, uh, the NDP has kind of run uh, finally to the left of the Liberals rather than have the Liberals, you know, kind of cut their grass. Um, that's really important. Um, and so I, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good because of this upswing in the polls that some of our local, you know, Toronto candidates will get elected. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to be doing tonight is running out and pulling the vote. Well, how do you feel about the polarization that's resulted from this campaign as much as anything else? Uh, so now you've got sort of parties only representing regional interests as opposed to right across this country. Uh, who or what's responsible for that, and can it ever be ameliorated? Uh, it's a good question. And I, I think, again, here here's where... We really have to look at the country from coast to coast to coast, and especially where the climate's concerned. Um, So, again, uh, and also Indigenous rights, which are coast to coast to coast, uh, and finally start taking those seriously, uh, which this government said they were going to and certainly has not, uh, especially when they're taking them back to court um, and not giving them clean drinking water. So, I mean, again, uh, this government, uh, if it does get back in, even in a minority, has a lot to answer for and hopefully will change a great deal. Did you find anything compelling about the arguments of the counter-protesters when Greta Thunberg was in Edmonton late last week, uh, the convoy that set out from Red Deer, and they talked about uh, understanding the need to uh, perhaps protect those jobs, and uh, these people are not just, you know, uh, rapacious capitalists are looking to despoil the earth. They want to make some kind of uh, transition, a smoother one, and one that isn't going to be as damaging in a wholesale way that's being suggested by shutting down the oil and gas industry. Didn't they have well, something I, I of consequence we, to... Yeah, to save the planet, we're going to have to shut down the oil and gas industry. And by the way, that means stop subsidizing them. We're giving them billions of dollars. Mm. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so we need to shut them down, um, absolutely. And the green jobs that will come out of a Green New Deal, and this is very clear here, as it is everywhere, um, there'll be three times to every one job uh, that there is now. And yes, it will require... Re- 
retraining and retooling. And yes, the government needs to put some money behind that because otherwise there is no planet B, you know. Uh, otherwise, uh, the cherry going to be paying it out in, in uh, severe weather, um, which we're seeing more and more and more of. Um, that's going to cost us way more mm. than, um, than the subsidies now for oil and gas. Um, All these jobs you talk about, jobs. though, wait a minute, Dalton McGuinney promised 600,000 green jobs never came to pass in the province of Ontario. I mean, so we've heard this promise before. How can you be so confident that everything is going to be seamless, painless, and uh, we're all going to live, you know, with sweetness and light with the, the new Green Deal? Well, you know, I can I can guarantee this. If we don't move to a green economy, uh, and I'm not just alone in this, 98% of the scientists around the world are saying this, within 10 to 12 years, a lot of this planet will become uninhabitable. There will be serious, serious ramifications for our children and our grandchildren if we care about their futures, uh, and there will be less jobs, not more jobs. Um, and there will be increasing pressure upon our earth, our water, our air. Uh, and that's the, the world we're looking forward to if we do not act. So, you know, just like we, we got our acts together for the Second World War, when a crisis hit, um, we, we come together as a country, and I, I believe we'll come together over this. All right. So that's the ethos that informs the NDP and uh, would potentially be the swing vote in a minority liberal government. I got you. I understand now very clearly uh, what we might have in store following this evening, and I thank you for articulating that, Sherry. Yeah. Thanks, John. Take care. Have and, a good evening. And you, Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, former NDP MPP for Parkdale Hyde Park. So again, just so there's no mistaking, that's what we could be in for. you got 12 years, folks, and, uh, you know, I guess when the ball drops, it's going to be like Dick Clark, you know, uh, or whoever, Seacrest there in Times Square. The ball drops and we're on the clock. Twelve more years, otherwise we're all going to incinerate. And therefore, uh, if that's the scenario that plays out, boy, oh boy, uh, that could really, really be deleterious to the West, our overall economy, but uh, that's the mindset that is driving it. So know what you're in for. Just uh, take that under advisement. We'll come back and uh, continue on with the discussion. By the way, did you or will you vote for or against someone? You know, there's an adage that says we tend to kick governments out rather than vote somebody in. So my question to you, I mean, did you feel disillusioned with some of the choices on offer or some of the incumbents? Could be in your riding. Could be because you're voting a party or against a party. Did you vote for or again when you cast your ballot? Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.